Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Score North Gophers Show time. Another quarantined edition of the Score North Gophers Show coming to you in part from a palatial apartment in Apple Valley and a palatial home in Minneapolis with myself, Ross Brendel, and Mr. Manny Hill. This would be the Gophers in the NFL Draft Edition, where for the first time since 1978, Manny Hill, the Gophers had five players selected in the NFL Draft. In order, Antoine Winfield Jr., Tyler Johnson, Kamal Martin, Carter Coughlin, and maybe a bit of a surprise to some, including me, Chris Williamson goes late in the seventh round. Manny, pretty good stuff for the Gopher football program. How about we just take them in order? Should we go one by one with the five that were drafted? Sure, yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll do it that way, and I should mention as we get rolling, there'll be plenty of rookie free agents that sign deals that had ties to the Gophers, two that come to mind right away, Rodney Smith and Sam Renner. They're going to wind up in somebody's camp if we have it. Myself, James Murphy, we're going to meet up, well, virtually, middle of the week, and we'll uh, talk some Gopher footballs, or Gopher football and Gopher football in the draft a little bit later on. So we'll have more on where those guys end up as well. And funny, I just said moron. Did you catch that, Manny? <laughs> I did catch that. I wasn't going to say anything, but since you did. <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, good times. We're having fun here in quarantine. Okay. In order, Antoine Winfield Jr. goes 45th overall, the 13th pick in the second round. Manny, most Gopher fans, they know all about him, and they know all about his career at the U. Just a real good football player, in all honesty. He became a great ambassador for the University of Minnesota, if you can be an ambassador while you're currently still on the roster. And really, he just appears to have landed himself in a great spot on an instant contender in 2020. My guess, like many others who know the game far greater than I do and can go more in-depth, but my guess, he winds up going inside, probably playing nickel corner, but can help out at safety. Your thoughts on Antoine Winfield Jr. ending up in Tampa Bay with the 45th overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. It just seems like a great landing spot for him, and we'll get to his teammate in just moments, but we'll start with Winfield Jr. Your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think it's a. I think it was a really good spot for him to land. It's it's a it's a team and uh, an organization that I think has certainly this offseason taken a lot of steps towards um, contending for a championship. Obviously, getting Tom Brady and and uh, you know sort of combining him with with the offensive weapons that he's going to have with Mike Evans, and obviously they just made the trade for Rob Gronkowski. So 
Tampa Bay figures to be really good and really competitive in a really good and really competitive division. Um, so I think for Antoine, I think it's it's a it's a perfect place for him to go. Todd Bowles, the former uh, head coach of the New York Jets, is their defensive coordinator. I think it's a really good fit for him. Um, this this is I think this is about as good a scenario as you could you could ask for. I mean. If you're a Vikings fan, I know a lot of Vikings fans were hoping that Antoine could maybe fall to the Vikings in that 58 spot in the second round, so that maybe the Vikings could move up and take him. But um, I think Antoine's going to a, to a really good place, a team that's trying to win right now, really good head coach and Bruce Arians, and uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be fun for him. I think going up against Tom Brady in practice every day. Well, not only going up against Tom Brady in practice every day, Manny Hill, but he'll be going up against his teammate at the University of Minnesota, basically just continuing probably what they've been doing for a few years now, a little bit of jaw jacking in practice at the University of Minnesota. That is going to carry over to Tampa Bay. Tyler Johnson goes 161st overall. That is the 16th pick in the fifth round. Manny, I, I think as fans, we have a tendency to maybe overvalue players that we watch regularly in any sport, whether that be, might even be prospects for our favorite baseball team, right? We always overvalue them. And I think maybe some of that happened with Tyler Johnson because I was surprised that he would go in the fifth round. I really thought he'd go no later than the fourth, thought he'd actually probably be a third round pick. But let me lead, read you, rather, some of his weaknesses. This I pulled from NFL.com. Maybe this explains the fifth-round selection if you're going off of what they list as his alleged weaknesses. Okay, well, the one that makes me laugh the most is lacks leaping ability and arm length for desired catch radius. So two things come, two things come to mind. Either he was always making ridiculous catches because he has no catch radius, or that's just not accurate. Like, that can't be true. It's one or the other, right? It just has to be one or the other. Top end speed falls below the NFL mark. That appears to be true. We've heard that multiple times from multiple different people, and the testing measurables show that. Unable to find second gear to run under throws. Yeah, okay. I mean, whatever. I think there's a lot of guys in the NFL that have that problem. Below average foot quickness to cross up corners. And then what? Oh, here we have uh, disappointing separation burst out of breaks. Okay, so they're basically pointing to that he's slow. Well, I've heard you talk about this numerous times. That matters. It does. Don't get me wrong. But you're just you're looking for good football players, and it's apparent he's a good football player. I think we'd all be shocked if he doesn't have Manny at minimum. If he doesn't have a five to seven year career in the NFL, I, I'd be surprised. And to me, the the arm length for desired catch radius to me that just makes no sense because it's like I said, it's it's one or the other. Either he can't get to balls. And he has to continually make ridiculous catches, okay? But he still makes them. Right. And then the other, the other, the other thought there is, well, wait a second. How can he make those? How can he make those catches without having enough arm strength and enough of a radius? So I, I think 
it's twofold. I think as fans, we overvalue players. So it's understandable how he could wind up in the fifth round. But sometimes you look at these things and you just kind of laugh and it goes back to it's a draft. You're making an educated guess. You're putting all your all your opinions that basically make up a player and you're it's you're kind of deciding on a whim. And I, I think with Tyler Johnson, it just that's. I feel like the negatives really stuck out with him too much that we didn't look for the positives. The kid can more often than not, he does have some lapses where he drops some easy passes. I think that can be coached out of him. More often than not, the kid just makes ridiculous catches. And, and I just thought that would have been valued a bit more. But at the end of the day, what a great situation. Can you think of a better quarterback that fits Tyler Johnson's skill set than Tom Brady? Think about it. If Tyler Johnson can't get down the field, it won't matter in Tampa Bay because allegedly Tom can't throw the deep ball anymore. So it's <laughs> so it's perfect for Tyler. Well, and, and the thing we've always heard about Tom Brady, too, is that he throws a very catchable football. I mean, that's why he was able to have, I think, so much success in New England early in his career with a lot of wide receivers that weren't weren't strong household names maybe with the exception of like Troy Brown in the early early years of their success and then obviously Randy Moss got there in 2007 and everything really sort of skyrocketed for them offensively but Tom Brady's always been a guy that has been able to throw a very catchable ball so I think if if you put Tyler Johnson in this sort of situation that can certainly work in his favor the other thing I think when we're talking about wide receivers in the NFL, speed speed matters. Like if you're if you're looking to be a deep threat and you want to get separation, it does help to have some speed. But for me, when I'm thinking about a wide receiver in the NFL, I'm thinking about okay, can he catch can he catch the football? Tyler Johnson can catch the football. Yes, he has some drops. And yes, that was sort of an issue. And he dropped a couple passes in some key situations during this past season. And we all know that. We all talked about it ad nauseum. But I think it, I think generally he has the ability to catch the football. And also, I think route running is a big part of it, too, of being a successful wide receiver in the NFL. And from what I understand, Tyler Johnson is a pretty good route runner. If that can carry over into the NFL and can be coached even more into him, um, then I think he's going to be fine. Is he going to be Calvin Johnson? Probably not, right? I mean, that receivers like Calvin Johnson, receivers like Randy Moss, they're once-in-a-generation type of players. But I think he has a chance, especially going to the team that he's going to, to have a lot of success and to and to have a very nice, solid NFL career. And the other thing too, when you think about you know him getting picked in the fifth round, Ross, you remember like this this draft was very, very, very deep at the wide receiver position. So while I I thought he would go a little bit higher, like you, but I'm not terribly surprised that he fell to the fifth round just because of just just because of the amount of talent that was at that position this year. We saw. All those guys go in the first round. The Vikings obviously picking a wide receiver with their first uh, first of two first round picks. So it's a very it was a very deep position in the draft this year. And the fact that the Gophers had a wide receiver get drafted 
in any draft at all, I think is a is a huge plus, and especially for one to get drafted in the fifth round in a very deep uh, wide receiver draft, I think is a huge thing. So I think Tyler Johnson's going to be fine. I think he's going to have some success in the NFL, and, and uh, he's in a great spot to do it. Yeah, and the Gophers will more than likely have another wide receiver drafted next year, and, and we'll get to that here in just a little bit. On this edition of the Score North Gophers Show, I'm Ross Brendel. The other voice you hear is Manny Hill. This is the Score North Gophers Show. If you wouldn't mind, we all know you have a little bit of extra time right now, so why not take a little bit of that extra time, Manny Hill? Rate the Score North Gophers Show. Give us a review. We would certainly appreciate that. I want to wrap up with one thing on Tyler Johnson before we move on to Kamal Martin. You mentioned that you brought up what you think you're looking for or what you believe makes a good receiver in the NFL. If speed was everything, Troy Williamson and Darius Hayward Bay would have been great NFL wide receivers. And to me, yeah. to me, a compare a comparable comp or at least something I think to bring up is people think that Laquan Treadwell with the Minnesota Vikings, he didn't work out because he was slow. No, on the, on the contrary, Laquan Treadwell didn't work out with the Minnesota Vikings because he didn't know how to run routes until he got here, and he couldn't catch. <laughs> Those are two things that Tyler Johnson can do. He can catch and he knows how to run routes. So, yeah, I, and to your point, Manny, very deep. It seemed like even watching the draft today, and I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd. I don't know it is as deep as our friend Matthew Collar with Purple Daily, but I pretty much watch the draft every year. And it seemed like a receiver was going off the board every third pick. There had to have been like there had to have been like eighty receivers drafted this year. That's that's a bit of hyperbole, but we did know going into this draft that that could happen with Tyler Johnson. That he could fall just simply simply because of the position that he played. Going one hundred and seventy eighth overall to those dreaded Green Bay Packers is Kamal Martin. The 30th pick in the fifth round. Manny, I hope Kamal Martin has a great NFL career, but I hope it doesn't truly get started towards greatness until he's released from the Green Bay Packers and somebody else picks him up. Martin had a knee injury last year. We all know that it limited to him limited him to just eight games last year, seven starts. But he still ended up being an honorable mention for all Big Ten. So that's that's pretty impressive, only playing two-thirds of the game or two-thirds of the games. He had 66 tackles last year, a couple of interceptions and forced fumbles. Really a player that if there wasn't this doubt about his injuries, and really I don't think many people have had much of a chance to see him because of being quarantined and coming off of injury, probably hurt him a little bit, but, but let's be honest here. We can poke fun at the Packers all we want. They definitely had an interesting draft. Kamal Martin's also walking into a team where if he makes the roster and you'd like to think that he's going to being drafted in the fifth round, Kamal Martin also walking into a team just like Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield that could easily be partying with the Lombardi in February. Not a bad spot to be in. Yeah, and if we're looking for even more of a sort of extra couple of degrees of separation, with Kamal Martin going to the Green Bay Packers. Remember Brian Gutekunst, the general yes. manager of the Packers. His father, John Gutekunst, was uh, a one-time Golden Gopher football coach in the late 80s. 
he replaced uh, Luke Holtz when Luke Holtz departed for uh, Notre Dame. And uh, Rudy ended up being the Gophers coach for, I think, like six or seven years, I think, before uh, before Jim Wacker took over in the early 90s. So uh, just a little connection there, a little, little Gopher tie-in there to sort of bring it uh, full circle. But, no, you, I, 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 it, you know, I, as, as much as, you know, Vikings fans sort of hate the Green Bay Packers and everything, I think, again, for Kamal Martin, I think it's a good spot for him to go. Um, the, the Packers, uh, you know, Mike Pettin is their defensive coordinator. He likes to run a lot of different, he likes to give teams a lot of different looks defensively. And, you know, and, and the Packers obviously were a really good unit defensively last season. So Kamal Martin is walking into a situation where he can sort of latch on to, uh, to a unit that has had success recently. So I think that's going to work into his favor as well. Carter Coughlin goes 218th overall to the Giants. That's the fourth pick in the seventh round. Interesting here, Mel Kuyper thought he would go a little bit earlier, and we can all poke fun at Mel Kuyper. I mean, for every – Mel Kuyper's like all these guys, right? Pick your favorite draft expert. They all get plenty of picks right. They all get plenty of them wrong. But it's a very valued opinion. He actually thought that Carter Coughlin would go somewhere maybe in the fifth round. This seems like a good value pick for the Giants. Carter Coughlin had double-digit sacks in 2018. Only four and a half last year, but Manny, that's largely explainable. Teams had to scheme for him a bit more. The Gophers had good talent on defense, but it it wasn't super great to the point that Carter Coughlin wouldn't get exposed isn't the right word, but he definitely received a lot of attention. And if he was playing on teams that were a bit better defensively, they probably wouldn't have been able to give him so much attention. So that's that's a little explainable. I'd be shocked if he doesn't make the Giants here. I know just a seventh-round pick. Uh, but I'd be shocked because there's things that he can do. He can probably play some linebacker. He can play a little bit of edge rusher. And seventh-round pick, if he's going to make the team, he's probably going to have to make his impact on special teams. But, again, he can clearly do that. He, he can move. He maybe doesn't have the quickest get-off speed on the line. But, yeah, put him on a kick return team or a punt return team or a kick coverage team. I think there's some real potential there while he's able or while he's trying to grow the rest of his game. Yeah, well, I I think when you look at all of these guys, all these gopher players that are being taken in these later rounds, and I think you you throw Kamal Martin into this conversation, too, just to sort of put put a bow on on him, is that, yeah, a lot of these guys are going to have to make their impact on special teams, especially guys that are taken in the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds. And then, you know, you hope that development continues and they get better and better. And then they find themselves into some, into some game sort of situations. And I think to your point, you know, Carter Coughlin's going to have to do that. He's going to have to, to really make a strong impact uh, and a strong impression on the defensive uh, or excuse me, on, on special teams and then, you know, hopefully play himself into a role on the defense. Now, the Giants, the New York Giants are hurting for talent on the defensive side of the football. Like, they were just awful last year. So, Carter's got a shot. He's definitely got a shot. And um, he's got some ability to, to make an impact, even if it is just on special teams. But, you know, who knows? I mean, the Giants were just lacking so much 
talent on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, maybe he can play himself into maybe not as a starter on the defense, but to have some sort of a role on the defense early on. We'll see how it goes for him, but it's a good spot for him to go to give him. He'll, he'll have, he'll definitely get some opportunities I think, to have success. Well, so much about any college kid being drafted, even players in the first round, a lot of what determines their overall success is the situation that they're being put into. For some, it's being asked to come in and not play right away. For some, it's, oh, I have an opportunity to play right away. And then for some, it's a little bit in between. Maybe you start off being a bit of a rotation guy, and then you turn out, you know, two, three years down the road, you win a job or you become a starter. The Giants also picked up Chris Williamson, who went 247th overall. That's 33rd in the seventh round towards the end of the draft. It's kind of weird because Chris got to the point where sometimes they say you'd rather just be a rookie free agent because you can pick your spot. Based off of how disastrous the Giants were last year on defense, this might have been a place he was considering going to anyways. And I'm a little old school, Manny. I'd rather be one of the last picks in the seventh round and say that I was drafted than to not be drafted. Because knowing if I get cut, I can try and go latch on somewhere else. We don't need to spend a ton of time on Chris Williamson, but his story is very interesting. Remember, he started out with the Florida Gators before getting to the University of Minnesota. So even at that time for a kid like him to choose Minnesota was pretty cool, for lack of a better term. Played in all 13 games last year, got in the starting lineup for nine of them, two and a half sacks, an interception, a couple of pass breakups in there. This just seems like the classic, well, we like the kid. We think he has good athleticism. Let's let's take him and see. It's It's got to be, to your point, Manny, a pretty good spot for him and for the Giants being so def- so depleted defensively, this should be a, a good landing spot for him, one would think. Yeah, he's he's going to get an opportunity, much, much like Carter Coughlin. He's going to have to, I think, really make an impression on special teams. And, you know, he's going to be one of those guys, I think, is that's probably going to be really fighting for um, a roster spot down the stretch of the preseason. Um, and, and that's okay. I mean, he, he's, he's the Giants thought highly enough of him to, to draft him. Even if, you know, he's a seventh round pick, the Giants saw enough tape on him and did enough research on him to, to like him. And he made enough of an impression on them uh, for them to want to use a draft pick on him. And I think that's, that's a big thing. And now he's going to get his opportunity to really, uh, showcase his skills and and fight for a roster spot and I you know I'm I'm pulling for him, him and Carter Coughlin both especially I, I you know they're they're both two guys that are really probably going to be competing for roster spots but I think they both have a shot because um, you know we saw them both play uh, with the Gophers and they're going to have an opportunity and I'm I'm really pulling for him and uh, just to sort of bring this. Uh, another little interesting nugget with the Giants, as I had one with the, with the Packers, not so much gopher related, but gopher rivalry related. Uh, on the New York Giants defensive staff is one the former Badgers head coach, Brett Bielema. Yes. And uh, I think he coaches the outside linebackers. So um, that's going to be, you know, if Carter Coughlin ends up sort of transitioning to a linebacker role with the Giants, He'll be coached by Brett Bielema, so that that could be very interesting. 
Hat tip to our guy, Darren Wolfson, at D. Wolfson, KSTP, more affectionately known to us as Doogie. He reports former Gophers running back Rodney Smith. He is signing with the Carolina Panthers per one of his sources. Very quick note on Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield Jr. This will be a hat tip to Andy Greeter. Looks like Antoine Winfield Jr., he's going to wear number 31 for the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tyler Johnson going to have to wear number 18. So Antoine Winfield Jr., number 31. If you're looking to order a Winfield Jr. Buccaneers jersey, Tyler Johnson will wear number 18. So as we often do in the... I don't know, post-mortem of the draft, Manny. The catchy thing to do is to look forward to the next draft before anybody's even played a game and before we've had additional tape and time to evaluate next year's draft. However, this is kind of a two-parter for you, Manny. Mel Kuyper Jr. this morning, he specifically mentioned on ESPN that Rashad Bateman could be a high draft pick in next year's draft. I think we all know that. It just... Seems logical he's going to be a top 10, top 20 pick if he stays healthy. But he also mentioned that Tanner Morgan could be in that second tier when it comes to quarterbacks. It was a little interesting as to what he meant by that. I, it, it, was, it was tough to tell if he meant like Tanner Morgan would be like a third or fourth round quarterback, but he put him in the same sentence as Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. So maybe he meant like middle to end of the first round guy. Either way, the two-parter for you here, Manny, is how crazy is it to think of a gopher quarterback just being drafted? Even the seventh round is kind of weird because it hasn't happened forever. It hasn't happened since 1972 when Craig Curry went in the eighth round. The eighth round in 1972. And what is longer exists does it yeah doesn't even exist and again gophers five players drafted for the first time since 1978 that's another fun factoid but two-parter kind of odd to think about a gopher quarterback being drafted but even if tanner morgan regresses a bit odds of him getting drafted somewhere in a draft in the near future in the next year or two Seems incredibly high. But then what does it say about the state of the program to you, Manny, to have five players drafted this year, more to come next year, and it seems likely that one's going to be in the first round. And who knows, if Tanner Morgan has a great year and decides to leave, well, logic would tell you that means he thinks he's going to be a first or second round pick. It's, to me, it's just, it's, Almost unfathomable to think about it, but we may, we may be entering a new norm for Gopher football where it's just expected that they're going to have a handful of players drafted every year and they're not all going to be offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I think it, it, if anything, it says that PJ Flack has this direction or this program going in the right direction, right? I mean, you, you have the type of season that they had. 11 wins, um, an impressive performance in the Outback Bowl against Auburn. Um, really just a, a great season overall. Certainly uh, the most successful season the program has had in in, in decades, um, really since back in the days of Murray Warmath. Um, so I, I think, if anything, it just says the program is headed in the right direction. And 
that P.J. Fleck, A, knows how to recruit, B, knows how to develop these players, and C, um, I think that it shows that this program is getting more recognition. And that's that's a good thing. I mean, obviously, so much gets so much gets speculated about about you know PJ Fleck and how long he's going to be here, and you know if, if job X comes becomes available, is PJ going to hightail it out of here? Things like that. You and I, we've always had this conversation in regards to go for football and go for basketball as well. When things come up, you know, when rumors come up of coaches potentially leaving. When, whenever that happens, it's a, it's, it can be disappointing if, if said coach ends up moving on, but it's also a good thing because it means that your program's in good shape. And I think when you think about the Gophers having five guys drafted for the first time in 40-plus years, when you think about the guys that could potentially be drafted next year, a guy like Rashad Bateman potentially being a first-round pick, I think it's very likely he's going to be a first-round pick if everything goes well for him in 2020. I think when you think about all of those things, it means that your program's in really good shape and, your, and the trajectory of your program is going upward. So I think it's, um, it's exciting. I think Gopher fans should be excited for the players that got drafted the last couple of days and also for the players that are on the team now that are going to get drafted next year and, and, and in years beyond after that. So it's it's an exciting time, I think, for Gopher football right now. And I think the program is in really, really, really good shape. Yeah, I think at some point, Manny, to echo what you said, I think if you, I don't want to say if you're level-headed about this, but I think most of us would realize that P.J. Flex not going to be here forever. So we have to at least right. keep that in our minds that, whether it's two years from now or five years from now, he's probably not long for this job. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. That doesn't mean you can't replace him with another really good coach, because maybe at that time, this program's elevated to a point where this is a better job than when PJ came here, that it has some higher prestige. But it's funny because I fall guilty of this too. I always think, what job is he going to leave us for? Well, you know, just as well as I do, Manny, we always think coaches are going to leave us. We thought Dan Munson was going to leave us when he finally made the NCAA tournament and lost to Iowa State. Just a few years later, maybe even the next year, he was fired. We thought Tubby Smith was going to leave us, and we were all up in arms about that. Just a few years later, he was fired. <laughs> okay? Go to football. We all thought Mason was going to leave us a few times, and we were up in arms about that. A lot of us were. He was fired. Remember, we were worried Tim Brewster was going to go to Tennessee and we were upset we might lose him to Tennessee. He was fired. So what I'm getting at is more often than not, we th yeah. Thank goodness, thank goodness Brew did not go to my Tennessee balls, by the way. <laughs> it's just comical. We always think because Lou Holtz left us in the 80s, we always think everybody's going to leave us. And at some point, we got to get over that. And what I always say, too, and this is not to slight the you, but I think Richard Pitino's fallen into this. When you get here, you realize there's probably only, if you really thought about this, 10 to 15 college basketball jobs that you can definitively say are better. And then there's probably 60 other jobs that are very similar to the University of Minnesota, and it's splitting hairs. When he almost decided to go to Arkansas last year, that job is no better than Minnesota. At best, it's the same. So you, 
And same for PJ. There's probably 10 jobs that he could leave for today and say it's definitively better than the University of Minnesota. Beyond that, everything else just kind of falls within the same spectrum. And for lack of a better term, you choose your own adventure and forge your own path as to how good that job's going to be. So I think it's it's really easy for us to think we're going to get burned. But I think oftentimes when guys get here, and really to a lot of other universities, they realize pretty quickly you actually have a pretty good job. And unless you're going to get that upper echelon job, you're kind of just locked into where you're at unless you get fired or one of those blue bloods comes a call. And so I don't know, that was a really random tangent for the uh, gopher football post NFL draft pod. I'm trying to think if I have anything else for you that we should hit on the way out the door. And I'm not, I'm not positive that I do Manny other than I thought the draft was fun. I never bought into that it was going to be a disaster. We had the blueprint for it not being a disaster when the WNBA draft went off without any issues. So I had no reason to believe that the NFL draft was going to be a disaster. I thought that just became a talker to be a talker. Because in all honesty, even though I'm in the business, Manny, and so are you, there just wasn't a ton to talk about. So you so you talk about the disaster scenario. But I thought it was very well done. Props to ESPN. A couple things did get tiring. Every pick was interesting to Trey Wingo. And anytime somebody had a parent that was dead, we needed to talk about it. And I thought that was a little, I mean, it's whatever. I guess it's fine. But it also, by like the fifth player, it was getting a little old and kind of why do we need to talk about this for every player? I mean, trust me, as somebody who has lost a parent, I know it's difficult and you carry it with you and you always think about it. But sometimes they were digging deep, like for um, uh, Ruiz. What's Ruiz's first name from Michigan? Why am I blanking? They they were talking about his father and his father had passed away 13 years ago. But not to be mean, yeah. not to be mean, Manny, they were acting like it happened 13 days ago. And say, yeah, yeah, there we go. And it just to me felt like that was. That was too much trying to pull at people's heartstrings, but maybe that was just me. And I get it. Like the draft is this monumental thing and we want to show what these kids have overcome because most of them have overcome a lot of bad things. I just, I found that tiring and I actually really do like Trey Wingo, but man, by the end of Friday, every pick being called interesting. And then today it was honestly, every third pick was an interesting pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh that part of it was definitely definitely a little overkill. The other thing too is and I remember sending you a sending you a texting rant as it was happening today, but like the the I thought the musical performances were a little bit were a little bit too much. I mean we had we had Luke Bryan today, right? Yes. In, yeah. Like during like the, the fourth round or something like that. I mean I I, I I I get what they're what they were trying to do with those, um, you know, because we had I think Jennifer Hudson did one in like the second round or something like yesterday or maybe the first round or something I can't remember my days are running into each other. Um, and, and I like I I get what they're trying to do there, you know. Obviously, in the current times, you know, people are 
going through a lot and there are people that are struggling and, and everything and, and you need all of us to a degree are looking for some sort of uplifting something to sort of keep our spirits up right i get all that that's fine but i just it just seemed a little bit out of place to have it like during the end yeah. to have like luke Bryan performing a song in his house via like a web camera during the nfl draft like it was just it's just like do we does this really do we really need this i don't know it was just it seemed a little out of place to me. and prior to the the little hit or the record happening did roger goodell have any idea what an offset was do you remember that bit <laughs> No, no way he had any clue and just how unnatural that was. Thanks, Offset, and thanks for all that you do. And, okay, here, here's my final take, Manny, and I, I talked about this with a couple people. I may have even tweeted about it for the people that care. Stop telling us that Roger Goodell watches games from that stupid recliner in his man cave. He's never watched a game from there because he's never home on an NFL Sunday. And yet they kept telling us he watches all the games down there. No, he doesn't because every Sunday you're showing him at a different game. Quit lying to us. I was getting really tired of that bit. And then just the, and I get it. Again, it's the business that we work in. It's how you make money. But do you remember last night he showed his Skittles only had like maybe two handfuls left? We're literally supposed to believe that Roger Goodell ate like a five gallon drum of Skittles all by himself. That didn't happen either. (laughs) Do you remember that? It was, it was full on night one. And then by last night it had like maybe 20% 20% left, and he's like, I promise you, I've been eating these. Wink, wink. <laughs> well, the other thing with him, too, I did I, I did get a kick out of him a couple of times when, when he was announcing a pick where he was sitting in his recliner and he looked like he was just getting real, really tired of announcing <laughs> picks. Like he just, there were a couple times like last night where he looked like during it, you know, during the third round, where he looked like he was becoming really, really disinterested in what he was doing. I'll tell you what. Sort of leaning back in his chair, and he was just sort of looking down at his at his notes and just getting ready to read a pick. And he just kind of looked like he was just ready to be like done with it. And this was like towards the end of the third round, so he had been he had been doing it for a couple hours at that point. But gosh, it was it was uh, pretty funny. And then the other part too with him was. ESPN would cut to him right before he's getting ready to make a pick and he's like trying to get the fans that are on the screen behind him. He's like trying to get them hyped up. And they and obviously cut. can't see him, right? There's no way they could right. see him. Though That was all pre-recorded somewhere else. So that was even right. dumb too. Right. Well, and, and he couldn't have sounded more like disingenuous. Yes. As far as we were trying to get them like hyped up. Like, he's just like... Come on, Steeler fans, let's go. Get hyped up. Let's go, Steeler fans. Like, come on, Roger. Like, we're not buying it, dude. <laughs> we're not buying it. I would have given Roger more credit today if he watched the draft like I did, just in athletic shorts and shirtless. You know, what if he just <laughs> what if he just showed up like the everyday man like most of us today where we're like, well, 
screw it, we're in quarantine, we can't really do anything, so we're just going to be in our most comfy clothes possible. So there's an image for all of you Score North Gopher Show listeners, me shirtless watching most of the draft. Manny, that's all I got for you. I didn't think we needed to go too in-depth on these, just wanted to get some instant reaction on the Gophers that were drafted and heading to the NFL. Actually, really kind of interesting that of the five that were drafted, two went in tandem. Two went to the Giants and two went to the Buccaneers and then Kamal Martin. Obviously not his choice, but chosen by the Green Bay Packers. But at face value, Manny, at least right now on the surface, it definitely seems like a good spot for all five of them. I don't think one is going into a spot where either A, they can't contribute to the team, or B, have no chance at making the team. So I think I think that's pretty cool, and we'll see what happens with Rodney Smith in Carolina. Highly doubt, Manny. I highly doubt he's going to push Christian McCaffrey in camp for the starting job. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure he's gonna. I'm not sure he's gonna be starting games at running back in the Carolina Panthers unless you know, unless Christian McCaffrey gets it. That is Manny Hill at Manny Hill eighty four on Twitter. I am Ross Brendel at Brendel Ross on Twitter. Give us a follow if you'd like. And again, please, if you are so inclined, please give us a rating. However you found this podcast, a favorable one would be awesome. We'd certainly love a review. Score North Gover Show available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, scorenorth.com, or that free Score North mobile app. That will do it for this edition of a quarantined Score North Gopher Show. My thanks to Manny Hill. I will be back with James Murphy middle of the week. We'll talk a little bit more about Gophers in the draft, maybe dig into some of those rookie free agents. And I said we were done, but Manny, very quickly, I am doing an about face. I am halting the wrap up of this edition of the show because I can't believe we didn't talk about this. I even earmarked it and said, don't forget to talk about this. St. John's (laughs) tackle, Ben Barch, gets drafted to my second favorite team in the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Have you, have you seen the shake that he would, protein shake or protein drink that he would make to bulk up? He's literally like double the size from when he got to St. John's. Have you seen all the nastiness that went into this thing? to see it that's the question no and that's why we're talking about it here's the recipe are you ready in closing then i promise we're done and seriously props to ben barch first mayak player drafted since ryan hogue in 2003 so really cool for him and fourth round that means they expect something out of you so good for him here's the recipe for this nasty shake seven scrambled eggs a, a big tub of cottage cheese, quick grits, peanut butter, banana, and Gatorade. I would have been out at cottage cheese. Gross. <laughs> the best part about that shake was the last thing you mentioned. <laughs> Gatorade. <laughs> I I would eat 
everything but the cottage cheese separately, maybe I would dip the banana in peanut butter. Beyond that, absolutely not. I don't care if it would make me an NFL player. Hard, hard pass. I'll find, I'll find another way. Okay. I'll find another way to get to the NFL. <laughs> Sorry for the false start and the false close of the Score North Gophers show. That is it. Now we're out of here. That's Manny Hill. I'm Ross Brendel. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Score North Gophers show.